Welcome to The Pen and the Yod. Join Rabbi Michael Siegel from Anshayam at Synagogue in Chicago and best-selling author Jonathan Eig as they talk about this week's Torah portion of Ha'azinu for Shabbat Shuvah, the role of national Shuvah. Do you think it's possible to change? Oh, I sure hope so. I've got a lot of work to do. <laughs> but if you really look back at your life, if I would have met you, let's say the... Um, 10-year-old version of Jonathan Haig, and I got to know you, would I say, well, it's pretty much the same guy, but, you know, with a few adjustments along the way? Or would I say, no, this guy has really evolved? Well, that's a tough one. You know, I, I think for, I'm not just talking about myself. I think most of us, there are certain things that you would absolutely recognize as the same. My, my mom will tell you that um, in many, many, many ways, I'm the same as I was when I was 10 years old. Um, I'd like to think that I've evolved, you know, in, in, in some ways, but it's mostly around the margins. You know, I think at the core, we are who we are and, um, and hope, hope that you like it because you're stuck with it. I think that we sometimes misinterpret the word chuva, right? And talk about repentance, chuva's repentance, which, uh, has a uh, Christian connotation to it. And what I mean by that, and it's not a negative comment, I think it's simply a factual one, that when Christians think about redemption, they generally are thinking about a kind of rebirth of becoming a new being in the salvation of their Messiah. When Jews use the word tshuva, it is... Um, really a, a notion that repentance is returning to yourself, returning to God. And in the return to God, we return to the best of ourselves. And so it's a very long-winded way of saying that my own sense, and I think the Jewish approach to this, is that we don't change as much as we adjust and we strive to be the best version of ourselves. And that means addressing issues along the way. No, I like that. I think that that makes sense. You know, you're returning to who you really are uh, in the sense, and that's somewhat, you know, aspirational in that you'd like to think that at, at, at our core, we are all made in the image of God and we're striving to be better people. We're trying to be, you know, true to ourselves and to our, to our faith and all those things. And you're just trying to get, find that core. And by the way, if you would have met the 10-year-old version of me, you would definitely see that <laughs> uh, I, I haven't changed all that much. I mean, there's there's <laughs> lots of aspects. Uh, fully formed at age 10. Uh, for better or for worse, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things that comes up this Shabbat, which is Shabbat Shuvah, the Sabbath of return, and that name comes from the Haftarah, the prophetic reading the words of the prophet Hosea, who says, Shuvi Yisrael ad Adonai Elohecha, return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have fallen because of your sin. Note it is not a individual shuva that we're talking about here, though that is certainly an aspect of this time of year, but what we might uh, miss is that this is also a time of national judgment, so that tshuva is also the uh, order of the day 
for the people of Israel, for the nation of Israel, for us as a whole. And I think that's a fascinating aspect to this time of year and to the prophecy that we read this week. No, that's really interesting. So if we're thinking about returning to our roots or returning to our true identity as a nation, as a people, um, you know, how do we do that? It's one thing to talk about, you know, returning to yourself, uh, trying to be true to yourself, but how do we do it en masse, right? As the, as a community, that's a, that's a really interesting question. And I hadn't thought about it that way before. Well, how would you answer your own question? I mean, what, what do you think the steps are there? Well, you know, what comes to mind is that there's always this yearning, I think, in all communities, really, to return to a simpler time, right? Or to return to what the, the days when life seemed simpler, <laughs> but maybe it never was any simpler. But that's the that's the, the, the ethos, you know, like I can think of that old song that uh, All in the Family used to start with, um, those were the days, right? Um, or... Um, you know, people who are always saying, oh, the, you know, the, the 1950s, that was the, the time to the America was really at its best. We, if we could just return to those simpler times. But I'm not sure they really were any simpler or if we're just romanticizing them. So as a community, how do you I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of um, going in circles here. How do you think about returning to who you really are if you don't know who you really are? I think what you're pointing to is a tendency to be nostalgic. Yes, that's the word I was right. looking for. And as opposed to what I think the idea of Shuva is really about, on a national level, it's really thinking about what are the basic principles of our society and how do we return, you know, if we're talking on as an individual of returning to the best of yourself, how do we return to the best of our nation? And the root to that, I would think, is in returning to the essence of what the nation is about. If we're talking about Israel, ancient Israel, you have to factor the Torah into that somehow. Certainly that was what was on Hosea's mind. And what is our relationship with God? But if we're going to also make this relevant to our age, you know, I'm thinking about the state of Israel. I'm thinking about the turmoil in the state of Israel, which is really at a boiling point as we speak. And what would it take to find our way back? Israelis who are really at an angry moment with those who they disagree with, how do you find your way back? And so too, how would we do that in America? And I would say, I'm talking about Israel right now, I think it has to begin why was the country formed? You know, Israel is uh, not a democracy as America is a democracy. It's an ethnic democracy. It was formed really to be a homeland for the Jewish people. And if you look at its Declaration of Independence, it certainly speaks in very beautiful ways about how the um, minority populations, whether they be Muslim or Christian, would be integrated into that larger society, but it was created as a Jewish state. I think one of the best ways to do that, and certainly Rabbi Daniel Gordas, who I'm going to be talking to on Yom Kippur afternoon, writes about that as well on the 75th anniversary, that we return to the Israel's Declaration of Independence and use that as a measure of our success. So 
if we were to do that in Israel, then I think one of the things we'd want to talk about is the fact that Israel was a place for the ingathering of the Jewish people. As Herzl said, the Jewish state. It's not the state of Orthodox Jewry. It's the Jewish state, and so it has to make allowances for the spectrum and the mosaic of the Jewish people. And that's really in question at the present moment as to how we're going to do that. But if I turn it around to you and say, okay, what would you say is the essence of America? What is it that we are returning to in America, how would you respond? It's complicated, of course, and it's it's so difficult because you know we can say if you were going to draw, you know, continue the analogy, America was founded as a nation where all men are created equal, and democracy, the Constitution, is at the core of of who we are, and we must remain true to that. We must embrace our immigrants, embrace um, newcomers, you know, make voting accessible to all, but. The problem is that, you know, the country evolves, the national character evolves, and people find different ways of interpreting even those core documents. And it's the same thing you see happening in Israel, that politics is never entirely above, um, you know, personal interest. So that, you know, we we find ourselves trying to protect our own personal interests and, and we lose sight of our ideals. And, you know, even those in America who claim to be originalists and say that, you know, we have to stay true to the original words of the democracy. Well, the originalism can be played up in both directions. So I just don't know how you, you know, get back, again, thinking of Chuva, how do you get back to who you really are if you if you can't agree on who you are? Well, then we have an insurmountable problem. Everything will be reduced to power. Who's in power? And how can that group impose its will on the a larger population in the name of whatever they believe their um, ideals are? I think in America, I would suggest that we follow the same lead that Gordas pointed out for Israel. How are we doing in terms of our own declaration of independence? Right? How, how, would we, how would we use that as a measuring stick? Do we treat each other as if all men are all men, meaning all people, are created equal? I understand where we were at that moment in time, but wouldn't we want to use that as a measuring stick and see where we are today? Yeah, ideally we would. But, uh, you know, what you said before about politics getting in the way and power getting in the way is hard. How do we convince people that they should give up power when they've got it because it's not in the best interest of the founding spirit of the country, whether you're talking about Israel or America? People's base instinct is to remain in power, unfortunately. Uh, I'm not sure their base instinct is to do what's best for the community. That's really sad. It hurts me even just to say it. I attended a a dinner a week or two ago, honoring Jack Miller and the Jack Miller Foundation. Jack's a member of our congregation. And he has devoted himself and his philanthropic efforts to the founding documents of this country and teaching them, both on college campuses and has created a civics program for America. And that's an interesting idea in and of itself. But the reason I mention that because that I think has he's he's also trying to address that confusion that 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 you're pointing to in America, but I want to point out that the evening started 
by doing something that I don't ever remember doing at a at an event. It started not with the singing of the national anthem, but by reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. Hmm. And I don't remember the last time I stood up, put my hand over my heart and said, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I don't, I don't remember the last time I said it. And I'm just thinking about that in, in, in context of this conversation. Is that the starting point for America? And if to talk about our essence and where we're at. Yeah, I think that it's a great point. And, and I was just reading an editorial in the paper the other day that's saying that we don't really teach civics anymore. And we don't even have sort of a set of foundational classes that are taught in at any level really anymore because we're giving students more choice. And even, you know, as in high school, freshman in college, there's so much range in what they can choose. So you choose the classes that fit your perspective, your philosophy, your political views. And it used to be that there was a better grounding. Here we're getting back to the, talking about back in the day, things were better. Uh, but I think it is true that one path forward is to have a universal understanding of who we are. And that comes with how we're educated and how we're raised to at least understand um, some of the same books. We can disagree on what they mean, but reading some of the same uh, books, understanding some of the same pieces of our history can go a long way toward creating that kind of a, a sense of identity, that, that who we are. I really couldn't agree more. That is lost. I mean, there was a statistic recently that only one third of those Americans polled could pass the test for citizenship. Mm -hmm. And when I read it, I wasn't surprised by it. Right. What does that say? Is that like, do, does anybody else see that as a red light flashing? It should be a red light flashing because we are more and more, um, we are making it easy to sort of set, stay in our little cubicles and only listen to the voices we want to hear and only learn the facts that we want to learn. And we see, we're seeing it play out politically all, all over the place now where elected officials are trying to decide which set of facts their students are going to be taught. And, and it's clearly being done with, with a political orientation, not in the, uh, they might say that it's in the best interest, national interest, but I think it's clearly being done with a political view. So as we approach Yom Kippur, it's probably worth it for all of us to not only talk about and think about our own personal tshuva and what we need to do to return to the best of ourselves and to make those adjustments to become the person that we can be, but also to turn that attention on a national level, Shuva Yisrael or Shuva America. What would that look like? And where, where do we need to be going? I wanna wish you and your family um, an easy fast and all of our listeners, and to say that may we all be inscribed in the book of good life and blessing for the year to come. Amen. <laughs>